0: Hey guys, ML here. If you're looking to start a podcast, start with Buzzsprout. If you let them know we sent you through the link below, you get, when you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. How cool, right? You get free money for signing up to get your podcast started. So Buzzsprout gets you the show listed every major podcast platform that you need. That's Amazon, that's Google, that's Alexa, every place. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio plays that you can drop into your own website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episode, and so much more. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Lustruck. I'm here today sponsored by um, Women's Beauty Clothing and Jewelry for all your womanly needs. And I'm here with today's author, Catherine Livingston, and her book, Yin, Yang, and Yogini. Welcome. Thank you. Good to see you. So, okay, you do a little bit, your writing, yoga, motherhood, blogger, writer, a little bit of everything, so where did you get started?
1: Where did I get started? Uh, with which part? <laughs> what was the very first part that you went into? Okay, well, let's just say I, I grew up wanting to be a writer. I always knew I was going to write when I, when I got older. I, I, I kind of wanted to be one since I was five years old, so I fell in love with books and words early on. And um, so when I grew up and went to college and everything, I pursued a writing career and I worked in newspapers and magazines. And then after I had my three children, got married and had three sons, um, I continued as a freelance writer. I quit my day job with after the first baby came and then I uh, stayed home and I continued to freelance write. And then at some point, uh, which I could talk about a little later, I got into the yoga. Uh, and that just led to more yoga. So I decided I would write a memoir about my yoga journey and how it changed my life. So we have the book out.
0: And this is your yoga journey, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you started in midlife doing this, right? So it's not a 20-year-old starting yoga at any, you know, this is after kids, after, you know. So what was that like starting at, out of your 20s, out of your, you know, when everyone thinks yoga is when you start?
1: Exactly. Well, I, I write about that a lot in the book because I was uh, really nervous about, I was in my early 50s when I went to my first yoga class and I was uh, you know, most of the people there were younger in their 30s and, you know, a few in their 40s, but I was by far the oldest and I'd never done yoga before. But uh, what led me to do yoga in the first place was um, I, I was a very anxious person and I was always nervous about everything and worried and I had a lot of fear. And uh, one day my son, middle son, who was 15 at the time, came home And he said, mom, I wanna go to England for the summer to study at Oxford. And I was terrified of flying. I didn't fly for 27 years. And um, the thought of him going alone on a plane to England was terrifying to me. So I said, well, let me think about this. And I spoke to one of my best friends and she said, Kathy, you need to take care of this fear. You need to see someone. So she gave me the name of a therapist and I went to the therapist. I was afraid to go to the therapist because I was afraid of most things. And, but I went because I didn't wanna pass all my fears onto my children. I realized that I didn't want them to grow up the way I did having all this anxiety. So I went to the therapist and she said, she listened to my tale of woe. And then she said, well, we could either give you some medication Or you could try yoga. And I said, okay, I'll try the yoga because I was afraid to take medications. (laughs) So uh, coincidentally, although I don't really believe in coincidences, a yoga studio had just opened up that year right around the corner from my house. So I walked down there and I began my yoga journey and uh, I was really there to calm my anxieties and, on a therapist's recommendation, you know it was I took it as my prescription and I went twice a week every week for a year. and that helped me send my son off to England and deal with a lot of other things that I was afraid to deal with because I was really afraid of change like so many people. anything that had to do with change sent me into a bit of a tizzy so. Well, we went through a
0: whole year of change all at once last year. I mean, yeah. you want to throw someone into a tizzy, live through 2020. I mean, everyone listening to this has lived through it, but now 10 years from now, people can go back to this and go, what well, was 2020 <laughs> it has all this stuff, but you have the good change, the negative change, Regardless of how you look at things, there's a year of just personal development going on, right? And we all have this anxiety now that we didn't have two years ago <laughs> because our life just completely flipped. So true. So and, yeah, doing something physical like yoga actually helps with anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, The thing about yoga that I didn't really realize because until uh, this therapist, you know, told me about it, I thought it was just a physical practice Mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, people did it just to lose weight or something, which is really not the reason you do yoga, but um, although you, you can lose weight doing it, Uh, but I went to calm that anxiety and I learned that it, um, you know, it's not just about the postures and poses. It's also about the breath and the mind and meditation. So I learned how to calm myself, which was very, you know, it's very helpful to people in times like now. Um, Even now when yoga studios are closed and people aren't meeting a person, we're still doing Zoom yoga. And Mm -hmm. we found that even though it's not the preferred way it's a good way to keep up your practice and to connect with other students and other teachers so you can still continue your your home practice and you can still continue going to zoom yoga and you know keep that meditation discipline and discipline yeah
0: it's mental discipline it's not physical discipline it's mental discipline exactly we've seen this with gyms, we've seen this with yoga, we've seen this with a lot of different things that now are are online that a year ago weren't. It's a mental discipline you have to get into. And once you have find the mental discipline, then you can get into whatever is causing your anxieties, your fears, whatever the problem is, you
1: can find the solution. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's about a it's a change that comes over your mind when you find that peaceful place Mm -hmm. um, that and you let go of all those, you know, they call it the monkey mind, but you let go of all that chatter. And you make a commitment to return to that, you know, every time you sit down on your mat, and then you take it off the mat, and you use it in your daily life. So that if you're, you know, Able to go to a grocery store, which of course some people haven't for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, wherever you are, if you're sitting in traffic, you just go back to the breath, and you go back to that stillness, and you stop um, wandering off these paths, you know, of anxiety.
0: I mean, we have so much anxiety. We have so many paths that we take every day. You have the road rage. Well, if you take a breath, and just go. That does help. I mean, there's more to it than that. But, you know, just for example' sake, we have so many things going on around us going back to the grocery store that a lot of us had a year of just picking groceries up at curbside or having delivered. It's going back to what our lives used to be in finding, trying to find it at the piece that we were at two years ago. Mhm. and yoga does help with that
1: it definitely helps and it but, helps you to accept change because mm-hmm. um, we realize that life is change that was one of the first lessons I learned from my first teacher was that if you keep fighting against change it's just a futile thing because that's what life is right yeah you can't keep everything the same it's impossible and if you try you will suffer mm-hmm So there's a lot of suffering going on just because people won't accept or, you know, can't accept or have trouble accepting change. Mm -hmm. I
0: mean, we see it in everything. If you turn the news on, how many problems would be solved if people just accept change? That's the cold truth. Okay, so we go back to the past. So we look at history, we try to learn from history so we don't, repeat history but we don't try to change history because you can't change history you can change the future you
1: Mm -hmm. can't change history (laughs) (laughs) that's true well the past is the past and we can't change the past and that's why you know we can't live with regret and all of that Mm -hmm. um and another thing i I learned from yoga and from reading uh, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle was you know um being in the now it's so important uh I lived a long time, you know, just being in the past, being in the future, worrying about stuff I did before, worrying about stuff I would do next, and not being in the present moment. So yoga helps us to do that, to just stay here, and now, and and know, you know, that things will change, we will get back to a new reality, it's going to, you know, it'll be different in some ways, it'll be better in some ways, it might be worse in some ways, but there will be change and so we we live in the moment that we're in while we know that change will be coming again so that's how it is
0: right every day we change every day we cannot go back to what we had
1: yesterday we have to keep moving forward yeah but when you're a parent yeah you realize that because you watch your baby you know grow Mm -hmm. to a toddler and then a teenager and now grown and i mean that's such a great example of change you mm-hmm. know you don't have that little infant anymore
0: no so. we would all as parents love to take our child bundle <laughs> them up and those cute little adorable outfits they had when they're like three <laughs> yeah because they keep coming out with new adorable things but it right. doesn't
1: work that way it <laughs> doesn't work that way so we have to accept that they're going to grow up and they're going to mm-hmm. go to college and get married and all of that and that was very difficult for me. And I'm sure for it is for a lot of parents. I tease my daughter,
0: she'll be 18 on Monday. I'm like, Oh, so you're going on eight. Great. You're eight years old again. We're going to do the whole 10 years all over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cute. It, it's just teasing her because yeah. I know we can't go back to her being eight. I can say she's eight because she looks like she's eight she's yeah. autistic so in you know, a lot of ways she is eight but mm-hmm. at the same time she's not <laughs> yeah but this wasn't your first book if I'm looking at this right you were at parenting partners was your first book
1: yes I co- uh, co-authored parenting partners with uh Dr. Bob Frank Robert Frank he's um a psychologist And we wrote two books together. We wrote Parenting Partners and The Secret Life of the Dyslexic Child. And um, I helped him write that because he's dyslexic dyslexic himself. And so he he needed a co-author and we had a great working relationship. So we wrote those two books. And then um, I decided to write my own memoir.
0: Awesome. And being someone that is partially dyslexic myself, I understand yeah. the need to have someone to help you write things. Yeah. Or edit your work mm-hmm. or go to, okay, this isn't the right spelling. I know it looks right to you, but it's not. Yeah. So it, it, my daughter was my first editor. She's very prolific with her words and her spelling. And even though she's autistic, words are her thing <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have my little grammar Nazi that goes mommy did you know you're dyslexic <laughs> I hid this through most of high school hid this through most of my life and it takes my daughter to go mommy you're dyslexic and I just realized that <laughs> like, oh I guess I'm not good as hiding anymore am I <laughs> kids are very perceptive <laughs> they are figure these things out It is. It's wonderful when they figure you out as their parent, Mm -hmm. but also it's something that goes, oh, wait, I can't hide this flaw that I have. So now I'm having anxiety because I can't hide it. Right. (laughs) It's a cycle. It is a cycle. (laughs) Do we want to go back to the eight-year-old that I can hide things from or the 18-year-old that I now have to deal with as an equal can't go back (laughs) no you can't so we have your memoir are you planning on writing another
1: something actually i did write a second memoir i haven't had found a publisher yet Um, but i sort of did a sequel where i continued my yoga journey and uh, this one is called torn between two gurus and it's about uh practicing two very different styles of yoga at the same time and what that kind of led to. I was doing, um, I practiced Iyengar yoga, which is very posture based Mm -hmm. for a number of years. And at the same time I was doing Kundalini yoga, which is very, uh, a lot of mantra and chanting. So the the two styles were very different and I wrote uh, a memoir about that, so. Mm -hmm
0: they sound very different and for someone that did yoga for all of one day (laughs) i I have no idea anything about yoga because uh i had an instructor say okay you have to do the down dog and i'm like wait what (laughs) and and that was it that that was end of yoga i'm like i can't put my head below my heart sorry it doesn't work that way (laughs)
1: yeah I know it's kind of a shock when you find out about that downward dog I felt that way too
0: well I have medical issues I literally cannot put my head below okay yeah so I'm like no maybe yoga is not the best thing for me (laughs) so
1: but then again there is is different types like you said there's different types there's yin yoga where you just it's very restorative and you just hold a nice pose for a while a long time and and like I said there's also the breath work and the meditation and it doesn't have to all be about the pretzel shapes and all of that especially you know as you get older you don't really want to do all that although some of the you know like Iyengar was I think 95 when he passed away and he was still doing yoga so it can be done I'm sure the ancient yogis did it for many years right
0: it's not something that we can't do it's something do we want to do yeah. let's look at it that right. way it's so a do choice. we want to do this or can we do this versus is this something what we should actually be doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's all personal choice so are you on the social medias
1: yes i'm on uh instagram uh katherine yogini and I'm on Twitter and Facebook. I have a Facebook author page and I have a website. Uh, I
0: Right. And for our viewers, if you look above us, the website is actually above your head right now. So <laughs> for our listeners, if you go onto the comment section,
1: you can find all the links. And, and a I blog d- too. There's a blog uh, that I write in. Quite frequently, and that you can get from my website too.
0: Awesome. I mean, it, it makes it so much easier when our listeners and our viewers can find you, not just your books, but find you because they might have a question that's in the book. They might have a personal story or they might have, you know, a realization that they can relate to something you
1: wrote. Yeah, I love to hear from readers. And um, another part of my book, uh, which I talk about, is I went through breast cancer while I was doing yoga. The second year of my yoga, I was diagnosed. This was 15 years ago. And the yoga really helped me a lot with that. And I heard from many readers who also had breast cancer who said it helped them to to read my book and to do yoga as well. I mean, okay, so you went into a personal
0: thing there with medical. Yoga is not just doing the the poses or anything and it's about doing the anxiety it's about moving forward but it also takes when you're going through a medical issue Mm -hmm. that you're not in that one moment of darkness you need something to keep you sharp your mind going and that's something that yoga does teach Yes, I mean, I went through a lot of martial arts, so I get the peace and the training of that through the martial arts, Mm -hmm. but yoga is more quiet, where martial arts is more
1: physical. Mm, More active. Uh, Yeah. I mean, when you face a, a health crisis, you know, it really is a great tool to have something like yoga to keep you centered and Mm -hmm. in the present moment so that you're not going on all these, you know, Oh, what if this, and what if that happens and thinking of scary things all the time, it it just keeps you balanced uh, mentally and physically. So it was really helpful to be. And I had a lot of support from the yoga community too, because, you know, my teachers really helped me through it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, when you have your
0: teachers, when you have your mentors, when you have your community, your tribe, you can get through anything mentally. You still have to battle it physically, but you can get through it mentally because you're not in that moment of, woe is me. That's the one thing that everyone says when you have a cancer diagnosis. And I just lost my dad to cancer. It, you can either look at as, woe is me, or I'm going to live my life as I've always lived it. And I'm going to have the support move forward and be centered.
1: Exactly. And, you know, cancer is still such a scary word. And when you hear it, you immediately are terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, you'll get through it one way or another. And if you have a supportive community like the yoga community is, um, it really really helps a lot. And plus the practices really help a lot just to keep you calm. Right, having a community in general,
0: it doesn't have to be yoga. It could be a good close network of friends. Mm -hmm. It could be colleagues, it could be students, it could be whatever your network is having that community when you're going through something actually helps your
1: psyche. For sure. And I learned a lot of great tips um, also that I could use just to get through little things like, um, like for instance, going to radiation or something like that, I would use a certain breathing uh, to calm myself down. Or um, I would use a certain mudra, you know, just putting my fingers together to to calm myself. You learn little tips like that, and that helps you when you have to face these, you know, um, treatments and things.
0: These you... mountains of whatever's in front of us, just breathing, going. Um, <laughs> I'm nervous, nervous, but I'm gonna smile and go. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it does help get through that. I mean. Yeah not always are you nervous and going through this sometimes you're so anxious or you just want to get it over with or you're just to the point of your day where you're done and you just say i'm done i don't want to people anymore i don't want to do this anymore i just i'm done you Mm -hmm. can breathe you can mm, you know that sound that we go through or you can put on hertz
1: uh, meditations it all helps. It all helps. There are tools in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of people don't know about them. Like I didn't know about them before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was just kind of lost as to what do I do with all this fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. We just
0: have to open the toolbox and figure out what the tools are for. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we all have the same toolbox whether we know it or not, we all have the same tools. We just have to have the initiative to go find the tools and figure out how to use them. Exactly. But it was so great having you on the show today. Thank you. And for all of our readers and our listeners, happy reading.